Oh, yeah. That's why I need an engineer. Yes, sir. Caravan Central Wisdom Hour number 18 for whatever day it is. Oh, September 12th, 2017. I'm Steve Witchell in uh, New Hampshire. And this is Tony Bonner coming to you live from top of the Empire State Building. <laughs> yes. That's where Z100 is, too. We're 18. <laughs> Lucky. We're finally legal. We brother. are finally legal. We can vote. Vote. And we can get in trouble. We can serve in the armed forces. Um, but we cannot buy alcohol legally yet. No, we can be charged for crimes as, as an adult. Yes. Yeah, so we need to be on our best behavior. Uh, post, here we go. Um, 18, man. It's been, what What month did we start doing this in? Do you remember? 18 weeks ago. Yeah, but plus, it wasn't because we missed. Plus, so that's 20. We missed two weeks, yeah. Weeks divided by four is about five months and then two weeks. So five months ago, we're in nine. So that's uh, April. We started this in April. Wow. It's pretty quick math, huh? On the spot. It's very good. I'm glad you did that because I am, while you were doing that math, I was editing the post here on the page, uh, the Cover Grand Central page, and sharing it to the group so that the group can participate. Um, I did. I was just telling you. I just did a. Uh, usually, guys out there listening. Usually, we we Tony and I will talk for ten or fifteen minutes before we start this broadcast and kind of go over the stuff that we're going to talk about. And then today, we didn't really have the time, so we're just doing this, flying by the seat of our pants. This is live, this brother. Is live the way it is, the way it should be, keeping it real. Um, so I just I went um, and I did a Facebook live broadcast uh, about. 45 minutes ago or so, um, just promoting this podcast, trying to get people to join in and participate with us, give us comments, ask us questions, because we want this to be a whole community thing happening. So it's on. It's We're live on the page. We're live in the group. There is a link there, and people will see it, hopefully, and click on it and listen and chime in and let us know. And even if you don't have a question or comment, just say hi. Let us know you're here uh, in the comments. Either you can comment right under the link uh, in the Facebook group cover, uh, under the link in the on the Facebook page or in Spreaker so I am going to pay attention to all of this and if I see a comment we'll read it yes we won't wait till the end after the show's over to be like ah <laughs> right. comments excellent right. like it's a, which is what I end up doing every week and that's because you and I get into these conversations and we start getting like all into it and then I'm not even paying attention to the, the screen of anything going on so there's a little icon here at the bottom that shows when there's messages alright so oh here's the thing I just discovered in Spreaker I can open this this communication window so when there's a comment I will actually see it right away. So all right, this is cool. This makes things easier. I'm I'm learning as I'm going here, dude. We learn hey, as like we go. The journey. You want to learn every day. If you're not learning, you're forgetting. Right. The journey? You mean like don't stop believing? No. <laughs> <laughs> don't stop learning. 
No. Because if you're not learning, you're forgetting. There's a funny thing. There, there's a the, I play at the Swamp every week, uh, three nights a week, and sometimes more. And there's another bass player that does uh, two of the other nights. See, now I have the. I, I, I'm interrupting my story, but I have this chat open, and Alec Courier came in and said, "Hi, Steve," and he is a guy who listens to us all the time. So I'm glad I opened this this Alec, window. What's up, brother? So now I can actually see him, and I can see the comments. This is cool. Um, and I apologize, Alec, for not responding to you in other episodes. Um, because I just didn't have this this communication window open, so I didn't see it. Uh, but anyway, there's another bass player that plays at the Swamp the other two nights. And he's a friend of mine on Facebook. Really good guy. Um, great bass player, great singer. Plays in a band down here called the Molly Ringwalds. Which is... A <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> yeah, and they are like the nerds of the South, dude. They, they, are, they dress up um, all like characters from bands. Um from the 80s and he dresses up like d snyder poor guy i mean like full-on wig makeup outfit everything um and they do very well they play the biggest places here and they tour around too they actually have a tour bus man that's that's dynamite it's you know got the artwork on the side and stuff but um he was i i don't think it was last week it might have been two weeks ago when a night when i was off i saw him post something about playing don't stop believing and he was sort of groaning in his text in, in his post about it um but then he was uh, and he said i'm gonna do this every time we play it so i was like all right i'll see you again at 10 o'clock tomorrow night because generally what we would do with the swamp one of the singers anyway frequently will call this song don't stop believing when we come back from break so we do two sets which is an hour and a half and then we break for a half hour and then we come back at 10 o'clock and do usually another two and don't start with don't stop believing. So I kind of joked, I'll see you again at 10 o'clock tomorrow. So then when I went back into work, it, Tracy, the singer, she had seen me make that comment. And so uh, it, it became this big joke for the last week or so about that song of calling it or not calling it or what time we called it. Fun stuff. Where's your drums, man? You just did that with your mouth. Yes, like a little beatbox. That's not bad. Um, so, uh, so what's going on with you? Anything, anything new in the world of Tony Biner? Always new and exciting. Every day is an adventure. Indeed. But so much so, I can barely contain the excitement and share it with you. But <laughs> just rest knowing the fact that it is true. I do have. Uh, I wanted to talk tonight at some point about. Contracts, because that was a question that came up last week that we didn't get a chance to address about some of the things that you want to make sure you include in a contract and what makes the contract valid, right? And should it be multiple pages? Should it be, you know, what kind of content should it have in it? And, you know, we went through a lot of iterations of contracts over the years right, to finally right. come up with a one-page contract that has, you know, all-inclusive information that allows you to be protected, and if nothing else, you know you get paid, uh, right. you know a deposit, and it, you, the date is, is solidified. And it's less prevalent in clubs. You know, booking agents will have it, but typically a band will not. And it's not uncommon for, oh, hey, we double book tonight, and sorry, but you know we have to cancel on you. All right, let's let's before you get deep into this, let's break it down and and make it because uh, there's a lot of people out there, musicians out there, and bands out there that have never used a contract, and there's a lot of people out there that have. 
um, but still need to learn more and blah, blah, blah. So let's really kind of simplify this and, and start with, let me ask you, what, what are the instances, or we can come up with the ideas, what are the instances as far as your band situation where you really, where it's really important to have a contract from the band point of view? Um, now, I would say, like, for, for one example is, like, um, for weddings, if you're a wedding band, you generally have a written contract. So what are some other um, uh, things as, as far as, like, if you're playing in a, in a podunk, uh, band, you're playing a podunk bar, you're playing once a month, probably don't need a written contract. But let's talk about the, the bands that do. So what else? Well, think about it in, in this context also, right? So if you, let's say that my band is booked at a, at a place, right? And I have a contract. And your band is booked at the place and you don't have a contract. And somehow we get double booked. You're getting bumped. I'm not. You know, but to your point, you know, are you going to have a contract for every bargain that you play? Probably not. But if you are playing a private event, a wedding, you know, anything that involves some sort of planning ahead of time, like someone calls and says, hey, I want to book the band for, you know, February 27th. I'm having this class reunion and it's going to be this and that and the other thing. You know, you want to be protected that if you lock that date into your calendar, now it's spoken for, right? Right. So if you don't have a contract for some reason and another person calls and says, hey, man, I got this other, you know, I, I have a 50th birthday party that I want the band to play at or a college graduation and it's on the same date, February 27th. And then you say, well, I can't. You know, the band is already booked. Sorry. Then, right. you know, come December... You get a call that, oh, yeah, the class union got postponed or it fell through or we didn't have enough interest in it, and we're going to end up canceling it. Thanks, but we're not going to need you anymore. Right. Now, you, you know, you lost both opportunities, right, because right. you already canceled on the second one. Right. So that being said, when you do have a contract, also for a wedding, you know, because everybody, you know, think of this from this perspective, too. Everybody that's associated with anything to do with a wedding is going to have a contract from the venue to the caterer to the people with the you know the florist to right. the cake you know everything that's involved is going to have a contract of some sort right so weddings exactly. weddings are definite now i mean i know you're getting like into this so but i want to really simplify this dude uh, you know for people that are that are green on this and including myself because i've done contracts before with things but as far as like legal mumbo jumbo you know i i get confused or blah blah so you're asking you were kind of explaining the why part of it and and i really want to break each step like the who what where why and when so the who would be a wedding band what other who's are there um like tribute bands probably need a written contract what other who's are there well there's cindy lou who <laughs> christmas but that's a different story for another time um and she was in whoville um and p townsend was in the who and he definitely needed a contract probably a lot more than we do right but, you know, it's for, listen, it's for any event that, you know, you want to protect yourself just to make sure that if in the case or event, you know, in, in the instance that that event gets canceled and you have committed resources to it, you know, that you're, you're protected. So, yeah, it could be cover band, wedding band, uh, tribute band, solo, acoustic act guy, yeah. you know, duos, any type of, you know, a trio, any type of musicians because you know what it is is you know in a nutshell right if you're making a contract all you're doing is saying that 
the information on your contract is going to have the client's information, right? The contact person name, their phone, their email, their address. It's going to have the musician's information, um, you know, name of the band, address, whoever the person is that's representing the band or the agent will call them. Then it's going to have the details, right? The date, where it's at, right. the address right. of the place that it's at, start and end times, set up by time, load in time, right. the agreed wage, how much deposit. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, no. I, I'm sorry to cut you off, but you're jumping ahead and, and you're going too fast for me. I want to do this like layman's terms. Keep this simple. Dude, pay attention to what I'm throwing down. Well, I am, but I, I, I really want, <laughs> I really want to break it down into who, what where, when, why, and how for people that are really serious about this. And so we, we covered the who's. Um, wedding bands, uh, if you're playing in a tribute band, you probably need a contract. Um, Let's do a general, just a general overview of things to be aware of. Let's start there. Okay. How about that? Okay. So a lot of, something that a lot of musicians don't know is that, you know, you, you have a band, okay? And my band is called the Clanky Lincolns, right? So you're in the Clanky Lincoln. That's Dan's band. I know. I'm just using it for an example. So my my band's called the ABC Band. So when you have a contract or you solicit a contract with a venue, you cannot say this is between, you know, Steve Wichel's hiring my band, the ABC Band, for the event. Because the ABC band, unless you're incorporated or you have an LLC or there's something that, you know, lists that as an entity, doesn't exist. Legally, it doesn't, it, it, it's nothing. There's no type of asset there. So in the event that you are going to play a wedding at a venue, that venue may request in vendor insurance because at that point you become a vendor you're the band for the event, much like we talked about the florist, the caterer, the, you know, the other people that are bringing things into the event. You're another vendor. So they ask for insurance. Mm-hmm. So if you go and get insurance for the ABC band and there's no such thing, there's really no, no one is insured. So you might fall into the trap of saying, oh, well, crap, man, we need we need insurance for this gig and it's, it's coming up and, you know, you go online and. You find a place that'll say, hey, you know, we'll insure you. Who are we making the policy out to? So I say, you know what? Let's make it out in Tony Beinert's name because there's no ABC band at the time. But I'll make it out in my own name. Big mistake because now you become personally liable if something happens at that event, if somebody gets hurt, if something catches fire. You know what I mean? If there's any type of incident that is due to your cause, you are now responsible for that. Nine times out of ten, the venue will ask you for insurance. When you're craving church's three-piece classic, there's no other option. Two crispy legs, a thigh, and a warm honey butter biscuit are the only way. And that's why we call it a classic. Church's Texas Chicken. Tap the banner to find your nearest location. Offer valid at participating locations. And then never ask you to produce the document. So you're going to go through some effort to get insurance. You know, you might pay a hundred bucks, let's say. To get, you know, a one, it's, it's one time event insurance. It's for just for that night. It's specifically only for that venue. And then it expires. Now, when you become a working band and you are, say, playing a lot of weddings, 
then you may be an LLC. I may be the ABC band LLC, and these are the members of the LLC, which would be the band personnel. Then you could solicit insurance under the band name. And again, if you, you know, it becomes more cost effective if you have 10 or 15 weddings that you're going to play, you might get a policy for the year for 250 bucks as opposed to paying 50 or 75 right. or $100 so, for these individual one-offs. So, so all those things really kind of fall under the why you should have a contract. You know, protect, protect yourself and all those details that you just enumerated. Um, you know, and, and I want to make sure we cover this again. Like for me, it's it's it, it just makes my brain start to hurt when I think about contracts. And um, I, I've had to, you know, sign contracts before and and um, I never really had to write a contract. But so we, we covered the who should do it. And Alec mentioned festivals. If you're playing festivals, and that's another instance where you will probably have a contract. Um, and generally, if you're playing festivals, you're accustomed to that. If you get to that level of playing festivals, you're accustomed to playing weddings or playing uh, casinos um, or playing, uh, uh, like if you're a tribute band, you know, you'll play festivals a lot. So, I, I mean, I really want to break this down so simple and keep it like... Uh, you know, very layman's term. So what is a contract? A contract is generally um, just between you and whoever's hired you. And, and I think you mentioned that in the, in the what. Um, and, and the when, we kind of cover that. And the why, you really covered that. But I want to get to the how. Um, if, if you're in a band and you're thinking, okay, we want to cover our, ourselves. We want to cover our bases, protect ourselves. What is the step they take in how to get a contract. Do they hire a lawyer to write one up? Do they take one that's already written and customize it for them? Do they uh, rely on an outside source? I mean, how how have you gone about getting a contract done, written up? There's a lot of standard form agreements online that you can find, you know, that are performance agreements, contracts, you know, for a band, however you'd like to word it. It's really the content. So what we did is we had a template over the years. You know, it, it, it kind of morphed and organically became the document that it is today. But through exactly that, some research, uh, speaking with, you know, with lawyers or people who are in law that could review it and give you some insight into it. And there's, like I said, there's a lot of good resources online. Right. But that's typically your, your cheapest place to find it, you know, because if you go to an entertainment lawyer, you know, they're going to charge you a minimum fee, you know, to, to draft a contract, you know, to give you a template for a contract, something that is already out there that's available that you can access, you know, for a lot less money. Right. And I'm sure, you know, like you said, once you get to a different level of engagement, you know, at a more professional or touring level, you know, the contracts become several, you know, pages and pages and pages with riders and provisions and all these other things. You know, this is, you know, the contract I'm speaking of is just a simple document that kind of lays out the agreement, right? That you're hiring the van for X amount of money on this date at this venue. And then you're locked in, you know, and if you get a deposit for that, now you have a real commitment. And then, you know, that's really, you know, you want to find... Something online, like I said, that, and by no means should you review it yourself and just think that you're covered, you know, but there's things to think about, which we'll get to, 
that you want to have in that document that kind of speak to some things that maybe you're not thinking about that are important, you know? Right. Now, is this something that you could include in your EPK or your electronic press kit for uh, that's available for people that want to hire you to download? We talked about EPKs last week. Now, uh, or should it be just provided based on uh, circumstances? Sure, because I mean, it exudes a certain you know amount of professionalism. It shows that you know you're buttoned up and you you have your your act together, so to speak, you know, that you, you're thinking about these things and that you do have a provision in place that mutually protects both parties, you know? Right. It is more one-sided, you know, for the band because you're asking for certain things. Well, you know yeah, I mean? I mean, of course. I mean, if, if somebody, like, I've, I've been, I've signed contracts where I was hired when I went on tour and it was, you know, it was written by the lawyer for the artist or the management for the artist, so it was protecting them more than me, but it was, you know, telling me, here's what we're offering you and, and we have it in writing, which I really liked, man. That really made me feel confident. Um, so that's a good point for about, about having contracts. It's, it gives you that sense of security. Um, yeah, sure. It's not just a handshake saying, Hey, I'm going to pay you X amount of money. And then, you know, if something happens, it's like, Oh, sorry, dude, it didn't work out. Right. The, the contract does give you a certain amount of comfortability. And it, you know, and it's a binding, it's a legal, legally binding document. You know, it'll stand up in court. Right. Both people have signed it. Right. You know, and there's verbiage in there that states that too, which we'll get to. Right. Shortly, but you know, it's it's a commitment, right? And it's something that just makes both parties feel like, hey, especially like you know, think about a wedding, right? You know, when they're planning the wedding, there's a a ton of stuff to think about, right? All kinds of logistics, people that are getting invited, who's flying in, accommodations the venue, the maitre d', the menu of what the food's going to be, flowers, cakes, favors, all kinds of stuff, band, right? So the more things, you know, on more than one occasion I've had a bride say to me, I just want to give you the deposit and sign the contract because it's something I can check off my list and I know that it's taken care of and it's not lingering, you know? Right. So it gives us a sense of finality to it, you yeah. know, that you have a firm commitment and it's not shaky, and that, you know, my car broke down or something's going to happen, you know. There may be, you know, mitigating circumstances. But, again, when we start talking through it, there's verbiage in the contract that will kind of speak to that. Right. And that falls under the why. And, and the reason I want to break it down into the, the simple questions is because I want to, uh, beyond just discussing this now on this podcast, I, I want to put something in writing, like an article, and make it simple for people because that that's a question that comes up a lot. Um, in the group and on the page about contracts. Should I get a contract? How do I do it? What is it about? You know, wh what are the reasons? So I really want to break it down into the who, what, where, when, why, and how for people to have a reference tool. Um, and uh, all your points are excellent, man. And um, um, I'm going to make, I have to, I'm going to have to go back and listen to this and write everything down because I, I don't have as much experience as you do with it. Um, although I played in bands lots of bands where there are contracts. I just wasn't the one that was dealing with it. Um, yeah, understood. And we've modified the contract over the years, you know, to incorporate other things and make it into a single page, you know, with all the information on it. So it's not multiple pages because nine times out of 10, you're emailing this to somebody, you know what I mean? Right. And 
they're going to sign it and send it back to you. And then you're going to, you know, you're going to print it, you're going to sign it, and you're going to scan it and email it back to them as an executed agreement, right, with both parties having signature on it. And right. here you go. Um, right. You can even take it one step further is once you have, like, what I do is that when the contract is written, you know, you put in all the pertinent information, the dates and everything. I have uh, the contract signed. I will sign it, send it to the, 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 the client, and then say, send it back to me signed with the deposit. Right. And then your date is locked in. Right. You know, it's, right. it's one less step because if I send it to them, they sign it first. They send it back to me. Then I sign it. I send it back to them. Then they send the check and blah, blah, blah. It's easier just to send it to them signed already, you know, in not in a Word document, in a PDF, you know, so they can't modify it. And then when you get it back, not that anybody does that, but, you know, they may, they may strike some things from it and say, I don't agree with this. You know, it's, it's always open for some sort of negotiation. But most, right. you know, nine times out of ten people are not striking things from the contract that they don't agree with because it's pretty straight ahead. You know, it's really not a lot of legal mumbo jumbo. Right. It's just a real, like layman's term. There's some legal, you know, verbiage in there that constitutes the agreement, but it's, it's not written in a way that you wouldn't be able to understand. It. Right. Like a, like a, uh, a, a, uh, iTunes agreement. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's not 15 pages and you don't just, you know, sign away your firstborn and things right. of that nature. So I, I, my advice that I would give to anybody listening, um, if you're at the point where you think you should probably have a contract, then do it. Then get it done. Um, do the research, follow the steps um, you need to take to get it. Because um, there's, there's people, you know, at all levels that listen to us that are on the page and stuff. Um that it, some people are just starting out. Some people have played for a long time, but they're just getting back into it and the scene is different. And, uh, it, you know, learning stuff in a refresher is always good for, for anybody really at any level. Um, but if you're at that point and yeah, if there's other bands that are playing venues like you want to play or you're going to play that do use contracts, then, uh, then you should have one as well. Yeah. It, and occasionally, you know, I know in the past, you know, coming when I was younger, there was a few places we played that had their own contract, you know, that you would sign that would stipulate right. how you're getting paid and, you know, what the performance times are. And, you know, it was written in a way, and like I said, you know, now, when do you're you, starting out and you're young, you don't have any legal advice right. per se. So, so what would just, you do in that case? If, if somebody, a venue wants to hire you, they hand you a contract, you don't have a lawyer, you can't afford a lawyer. What, what, how do you handle that? Well, again, what we would do is we would read through it, you know, and see if there's anything in there that we really don't agree with or have, you know, uh, objection to. It may just be something as simply as, you know, you will be paid X amount of people at the door at this rate of, of you know, per person. And, you know, you're, and then you could say, well, okay. I'm going to designate someone to stand at the door as well and count people so there's no discrepancy, right? Because that's always a big thing. Let's oh, say yeah. you don't even have a contract and they say, hey, we're going to pay you by how many people you bring in. There's 150 people in the place and it's like, yeah, you brought like 65 people. Yeah, you know, I remember playing gigs where that was an issue, where where that was the thing. Like they would, um, the fireside, that was one place, dude, where um, the, there was a, a guy who I used to know, his name was Dave, He was he was a doorman there. And uh, he was a friend and uh, told me all about that. And it, they would sit there with a clicker. And, I, you know, they kept it visible. They didn't try to hide it or anything. But they sat there with a clicker um, all night 
counting how many people were in there. And then when we, when we got paid at the end of the night, the manager would say, well, you brought in, you know, 78 people. Um, so, and uh, we had, like, Fireside, dude, we never had, I, I know you play there too, and this is a club that was in North Jersey, um, is no longer there, um, but it was a big uh, venue for cover bands back in the in the early 90s, mid-90s. Or, well, actually, mid-90s to, and then the early 2000s. Um, but uh, we, I, I played there so many times, and we never had a written contract. We just had a handshake there. And yeah, and, and some places you can do that with, because you said, you know, you develop a relationship with, you know, remember, places that you're going to play, like, you know, you play the Swamp, you know, every week, right? Multiple nights. I'm sure you guys don't have a contract for every night you play there. No. I don't like think you. we have anything, dude, in writing. To tell you the truth, we I get I get ten ninety nines for it, um, but it's fudged even, and I really probably shouldn't be saying that publicly. But um, well, it's hard to accurately, you know, designate a ten ninety nine because you have to really try to allocate what was paid to the band. I mean, we go through it too. Yeah, you, know, you tally up all the, the the invoices, and then it's it's broken down per yeah. person. Yeah, and I'm playing three nights a week, fifty two weeks in the year. You know, I'm playing one hundred and fifty plus um, gigs there. And nobody's really keeping track of how many sets we did each night. And we get paid per set. So we do, you know, the more sets we do, the more money we make. That's our, that's our, uh, yeah. our handshake agreement. That's exactly. But you have a relationship with that, you know, with the venue, with the people that are there. There's camaraderie like we talked about last week. There's a trust. You know what I mean? There's right. a handshake right. there. If you're getting booked for a one-off wedding and it's someone that you don't know, you know, you're never going to play for those people again more than likely unless you know they're attending an, another wedding that someone got referred to or you know when you're at the wedding they they love the band and they they have a, you know so and so's getting married coming up and they hire you and then maybe those people are at the wedding but you know what i mean right. it's less of a relationship i mean you still go into it you know wholeheartedly and you you want to develop the relationship with that person and, and the couple and understand their needs and make sure that you you know you really accommodate what they what they're wants are for the day but it's different than a club that you're going to play every week or even if you play once a month you know right. over the course of years you've seen those people dozens of times you know if right. not hundreds of times and there's, a, and there's a trust and a relationship there when you're booking you know like i said an, uh, a party or a private event with someone that maybe was referred to you through someone that's different than a cold call where someone just says hey i, I went to the website I, I like your band i saw the showcase and i want to hire you right you know, that's when you just want to make sure that you're protected because you don't know that person. And they could just at the last minute, hey, something came up and we're not having the wedding anymore, which right. I think like episode five or four, maybe, or maybe even earlier than that, we had talked about circumstances where we had a wedding that was canceled. You know, we honored the contract and they postponed the wedding. And right. so it was, you know, a happy ending for all. Right. But it doesn't always end up that way. Yeah. And Alec, the only guy who's commenting on our show right now, is not the only one listening, but the only one commenting, he said, in six years, we just did our first contract. So, Alec, I'd like to know what were the circumstances surrounding that? Um, you know, what is the gig and, and why did you do it? And, and tell me more about that. Um, but I just thought of an interesting point, too, that, that it's really about having respect for yourself, too, as a business and as a band and as as somebody that's worthy of being paid what you deserve what you feel that you deserve because because dude the group which is still exploding people joining this it's you know we're well over 12,000 now 
Um, I have these three questions that I, I have people ask before they join. And one of them is one of the big, what are the biggest challenges that you face? And, um, for, for a lot of people, it's getting, getting work and getting paid a fair amount. That's a thing that a lot of people say. Um, so having a contract is really having that respect for yourself and your band and saying, we deserve this fair amount that, uh, you know, we feel that we are good enough and we will provide for you and uh, the service that you're looking for and we deserve it. Whereas a lot of bands take, get undercut. They, they take less money and that's, that's a big sticking point for a lot of musicians is that, you know, those, there's bands that will pay, will play for a little bit of money and it hurts the industry as a whole because, you know, now bands that deserve a lot more money can't get it because the club's just going to hire the cheap band. Um, so that, that's a big deal, man. Um, so Alex's answer was wedding, uh, comfort, comfort for the bride. Um, so it was a wedding. So like we said in the beginning, weddings are a time when you want to have a contract. Yeah. Or like, I think it's any time that there's a, you know, a significant amount of money at stake yes. and you a deposit and you're reserving a date that's in the future. And especially too, if you have to pay other people besides the band, like if you have to pay a sound man, you have to pay light guy, roadies, whatever. Oh, no doubt. It definitely comes down to that too. Right. Because then you have, you know, you have commitments for that money. Right. And then if you don't have a contract, then the, you know, the sound guy can come to you and say, well, I could have had another gig tonight and this got canceled and now I'm, I'm shit out of luck with pay. So, yeah, you don't want to get into that circumstance where now it's not only you and not only your band that's losing out, it's other people that are working for you or with you. So that's an, uh, that yeah, falls under why. Hired, you know, we've hired string quartets or other right. you know, other musicians that we've needed, and they've, they've asked for a contract or sent me a contract, you know, and said, I'd feel more comfortable if you sign this. We haven't worked together before. And, you know, and then there's other people that you have worked with before, and it's just, you know, a handshake and a conversation, and, and they're in. You know, and there's no further conversation about it. Right. But there's also an understanding there that they've committed to that date. So that's why you need a contract, because if your gig gets canceled, you will still owe, you know, as a courtesy, have to pay the other person who now is also out of that gig, you know, who, who planned on the gig. Right. Um, Alex said um, that uh, according to the groom, the, the bride comfort for the bride because she wanted peace of mind so they're playing a wedding they drew up a contract because the bride wanted a contract um so you know that that works yeah that way because for a wedding you know for for people it's a very very important day date well, and event in their life list something that's not weighing on them anymore right you know, and she doesn't amazing. want that worry of oh no what if something happens and there's no band yeah Exactly, because that's you know that's the worst thing that could possibly happen, right? Right. Well, I mean, for a wedding, there's you know a ton of things, and like you mentioned, they have contracts for flowers and cakes and and you know everything else in the venue, and so yeah, the weddings. I mean, weddings are a big deal. You have a lot hey, of you know. I went to a wedding one time, and the, the band had an issue where you know there was an accident uh, on one of the bridges, and you know it was a three hour 
traffic delay. In other words, Oof. fatalities, the bridge was closed, right? There was no, you know, it's now gridlock everywhere. And I remember, you know, the band showing up late and trying to, you know, the, the, the venue saying, hey, I have local guys I can contact. You know, if you're in a pinch, we have bands we work with. Let's see who we can get here. And then, uh, you know, them actually getting an alternate band, um, at, you know, at that last minute pinch because there was no other choice in the matter. Right. You know, and luckily they could find somebody, but that's, again, an extreme scenario, yeah. but it nonetheless real and, and, you know, and shit happens. Oh, very real. I mean, things happen all the time that, that you need to uh, come up with a plan to fix <laughs> It happens to me almost every week, dude, <laughs> or somebody is sick and we got to get a sub. I had, you know, this weekend I played with a sub um, singer on Saturday. Saturday was because somebody, the the singer that was supposed to be there double booked and he was, he was going to be subbing for us and he double booked. So we had to find somebody else last minute and we did and we did fine. And then Friday, 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 Friday. Yeah, that we had to have a sub Friday too. Who the heck did? Wow, it's that's sad that like for four days ago, I can't remember who was singing in the band. But anyway, <laughs> I play too much. Um, so but your point taken is that yeah, you need a provision in the contract that says, you know, unless. Um, you know, part of the contract would say it's for the personal services of musicians, you know, made on this day of whatever month between, you know, these parties. And it would list all the people in the band, right, that are going to play. And then it says, you know, they're hired, uh, the musicians on the terms and conditions below. And then what it says is something to the effect of the band leader or agent, you know, that signed this contract represents that the musicians that have been hired as employees have already designated and have agreed to be bound by the conditions of this contract, said terms. And, you know, it will say something that we shall hire such persons and any replacements as required, right, for any individual who, but for whatever reason, does not or cannot perform the services, right? Right. You know, subject to proven detention by sickness, accidents, accidents to means of transportation riots strikes epidemics acts of gods things about you know zombie apo apocalypse yeah, other legitimate yeah. conditions beyond control of of the band right you know and and, and you get a deposit sometimes alec was saying uh they gave 50 percent up front for his for the wedding thing um yeah yeah 50 percent is, is a good amount you know you can go 30 percent depends on you know how much because listen, there also has to be in that contract some kind of verbiage, you know, in addition to all the things we're talking about, terms and conditions, you know, where it may say uh, something like deposits are non-refundable, you know, any exceptions would be at the discretion of the band, postponements uh, can have the deposit applied to the later date, providing that the desired date is still available, um, you know, and... and the client may cancel the contract up to 90 days prior to the performance date without obligation of paying the balance due, but cancellations with less than 90 days notice, you can say will require 100% of the balance due or you're not getting your deposit back. You know, those are things that you, you, you speak about 
amongst the band itself and what you're willing to to live with you know right yeah you have commitment to that date and you said you have maybe forsaken other opportunities because of it right yeah there's a lot to it that's all good information i don't know how entertaining it is but it's very no but it's it's not so much meant to be entertaining it's just also meant to be like real you know and again if someone's writing you a check they can't make it out to the abc band because you'll have no way to deposit it you know, it typically has to be made out to someone in the band that would be the designated treasurer or who can cash that check, you know? Because if they make it out to the ABC band and you don't have an ABC band bank account and any way to cash it or deposit it, you're not, you know, it's useless. You won't be able to do anything with the money. Right. Um, Alex, Alec gave his props to you. He said they gave us a one-page contract that said all the basics you just went over, you nailed it. So, nailed it, brother. Awesome, brother. But... Let's continue since, if if we can, if you're satisfied well, with I mean, what we've done well, so far. I mean, there's just some other points in there I wanted to hit on. Okay. Shoot. So other than, like, the pertinent stuff about, you know, all the mumbo-jumbo, right? Like, you know, Damn it. Um, you, you know, you're not responsible to any breach of agreement, damages or injuries arising from such. And, you know, there's a whole bunch of different things to speak about with that. But there will also be a section like general information, okay? And that may say things like client is responsible per, for providing the performance area. Minimum dimensions of this area shall be blank feet deep by X amount wide. Call it 12 feet deep by 16 feet wide. Performance area shall be a solid level stable surface, i.e., no earthen surfaces like grass or dirt. Now, you don't, you don't want to get to the place in there like you're going to sit up on the lawn over there. Right. And, and let me jump in for a second because th this occurred to me before when we were talking about EPKs, and this is something that I've done before, um, having a, a, a stage plot um, because that kind of fits in with what you're talking about. Now, do you have that as part of the contract or do you have that separately or do you have it's it not, at all? No, it's not a stage plot at all. It will just say we need an area, you know. No, I know, but it kind of falls under the same lines of – like we need this area, and here is if you're yeah. if you have a, a sound man doing your your show that that you're hiring or whatever, you usually have a stage plot, or, or if you're going into a place that has you know, yeah, haven't had anything like that. Like I said, the only information in there would be, you know, we need this area. It's got to be secure. It can't be you know dirt or grass, and a client must also ensure proper electrical access and capacity. Like, for example, to say three properly grounded 110 volt or 15 or 20 amp duplex receptacles with no other loads on them as, as such a dedicated circuit. Because right. nothing like you're playing and where you're plugged into, there's also a refrigerator and ice maker plugged into it. Right. And that, right. that thing kicks on, the circuit breaker blows, right. or you get some kind of buzz through the amps until the thing is done running, you know, because that stuff interrupts, you know, if it's not equipment can wreak havoc. Yeah. You know, other equipment plugged into the same circuit can wreak havoc on yeah. the, the ground I, loop or, yeah. or you know the 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 uh, integrity of that circuit. Right. And, and I really would put uh, in the contract. I would put if you're if you know you have all that and you're going into a gig where there's a, a where there's a sound crew where there's like an engineer or sound man. There's a couple of uh, stage crew and I and I've been in you know played many gigs like that. We always had a stage plot, and I would put in that in the contract as part of you know the the the, the people that are working at that venue. You know, um, please see our stage plot for how we, how we set up, and then include 
a link to that or 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 that in a separate document because um, there's there's many times dude i've been i've gone to a gig and we weren't able to fit everybody on stage or we weren't able to put everybody in the, the place where they're where they would normally be um and you, you have a stage plot you can get your wedges set up the right way you have the right amount of mic stands blah 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 so anyway continue yeah, so then along those lines, too, it will say that, you know, these, these circuits also need to be located at the performance area. You're not running a 100-foot extension cord to somewhere, you right, know? Right, right. And then there's also, you know, reference in there that, you know, we, the musicians are not held responsible for power interruptions. In the event of a power outage prevents, you know, all or part of the performance, no payment shall be reimbursed to the client. So you just, when you're covered, if, you know, all of a sudden you're into the show and there's some kind of blackout or something happens or the breaker blows or it keeps blowing or they can't sustain your power, that you're not screwed. Right. Also, you know, client must provide suitable protection from elements for the entire performance area if performance is outdoors. That's super important, too, because you don't want to be outside all set up with $30,000 worth of gear. And, you know, there's a risk of thunderstorms, but eh, it may not rain. You know, by the time it starts raining and turns into a downpour, it's too late. There's no way to cover your stuff, you know. Right, sure. Um, and then if you're bringing the PA or the sound system and the lighting, you know, it'll, it'll state that you're responsible for providing sound system and lighting for the performance. And then another important thing to put in there is, you know, unless otherwise agreed upon, musicians have no obligation to provide use of sound system to any other third party. You know, maybe there's a DJ or maybe there's somebody else there that wants to use your gear and maybe they blow it up. You know what I mean? Right. And then one of the other things is, you know, while at the location, uh, musicians shall maintain control of the performance area. This includes the right to restrict access to other persons as well as to remain at or near performance area at all times. Uh, storage areas need to be identified for equipment or personal property must be secure and with access controlled solely by musicians. This way, you know, your cases and stuff are, are safe and any other gear you may have. And then, uh, you know, something else that's written in there may say, unless previously agreed to, there are no guarantees a specific song or songs will be performed. So that's just some general information that maybe people don't think about. Right. Maybe it's a little too much to put in there, but at least you're you're covered as far as your area. They got to provide something to, you know, uh, protect you if it's outdoors. You need to have the proper size for the stage dimensions. It can't be on you know shaky ground or uneven surfaces. Because for drums especially, you know, like you can't. You know, it's so difficult to set up especially your bass drum, if it's all on even ground, you know, the pedal doesn't sit right, then if your toms are mounted to the, the drum and it's crooked or it's not, you know, you're adjusting and you're trying to make it work and it just becomes a hassle. And you can't set up drums on grass, you know, it just doesn't work. It sinks into the ground and, uh, you know, it just makes for a, a huge mess. Sure. And then lastly, one other thing to think about is maybe terms and conditions of the contract. Like we talked about, it may say, you know, if venue is outside or not climate controlled, upon band's sole discretion... Musicians can delay or stop performance due to unsafe conditions, uh, you know, until stated end time for conditions to improve or measures taken to allow performance to continue. The force majeure shall not apply and no payment shall be reimbursed for shortened performance due to any circumstances, you know, due to nature. And, you know, you also want to put in there that you need access to the venue however many hours before, you know, prior to your setup by time or, you know, start time two hours, three hours, whatever you think you need. Um, and then it will say, you know, uh, performance can be extended at a rate of X amount per half an hour. Uh, you determine what you, you know, you want to charge. 
you know, musician not responsible for late start time caused by event delays. Performing past stated end time shall be at the discretion of musicians and at no obligation. Uh, after performance, musicians shall be allowed 90 minutes to break down equipment and vacate the venue. And then, you know, different things about, like I said, musicians will provide three sets of no less than 50 minutes each with two intermissions in between. And that can be tailored, you know, again, to whatever it is. Please make checks payable to X amount, you know, a person, not the band name, unless you are set up for that. And then you also want to include something that there will be, you know, a charge for return checks, whatever the bank will charge you if the check bounces, you know, for whatever right. reason. I, I, but there's I, a few things you want to think about. Right. I think we would serve people better by putting this all in, in a list and writing and putting it in an article and, and sharing it because it's a lot to digest. I mean, even for me, I'm kind of tuning out a little bit like, yeah, okay, it it's legal mumbo jumbo. I don't really care. I, it's like, I, I just want to go play my bass, uh, you know, and a lot of people feel that way. So, you know, uh, it, until they're in their base on a five foot by five foot area. In well, the yeah, and yeah, they, they yeah. Think about it. yeah, I know. But it's sometimes it's e easier for people to digest this information when it's in writing in a, in a simple list rather oh, no than, no you know, doubt. rather than listening to all, all of it. But but it's all good stuff, man. And uh, and I'm glad you brought up this topic because it is something that people ask about all the time. Um, and uh you know, everybody's at a different level, so everybody's still learning. And, you know, me, I've been playing 35 years, and I still, you know, all that stuff that you're talking about that I wouldn't, you know, half of it I wouldn't even think about, uh, you know, having it in writing. So it's really, that's a really good, uh, those are really good points that you brought up, all of them. Um, so I, I'm going to do that. I'm going to listen back to this show and take notes. But Alex said he was writing this down, so I'm going to do the same. I'm going to go back and take notes on this and try to put it into a simpler, condensed version so people can easily digest it and really take it and use it. Um, but good stuff, bro. And again, a lot of this was found online, you know, and compiled from looking at a bunch of different contracts. Like, oh wow, I didn't even think about that. Or, well, yeah, it's a good point. Let me include that. Right. You know, and, and the verbiage of which to say it, you know, like the band needs good area to set up is not, you know, going to be descriptive enough. Right. You got to be specific. Yeah. Cool. cool. Yeah. All right. So we, I that covered most of our hour here, but there were a couple things I want to talk about real quick. Um, I put this, I put, <laughs> I put a post up in the group the other day. Um, and it occurred to me that this, there's so much activity in this group. It's exploding. It's, you know, over 12, well over 12,000 now. Um, and uh, a lot of good stuff in there. There's some people that I've had to remove because they're just negative and they come in and complain and, and, and cuss at people. And I just won't have that. Um, but um, I, I, I noticed that there's just not a lot of music being shared. And I would really like to see people's videos and hear their bands here I, I love music and i love discovering new bands so i i put up a post the other day about uh maybe running a contest for everybody um and having uh a prize for the winner and i just put up the question of like uh, what would be a good prize what do you guys think would be a good prize and um um that's it i i would want the contest to be a video of your band, whether it's live or uh, like a, a music video of one cover song. And um, they, I would pick a hashtag so that they could all be grouped together so everybody could go see them and then have people vote on it by likes. But then some people uh, thought that that could be uh, manipulated 
which I'm not sure I agree with because it's a group. It's a private group, and the only way you can vote on this stuff is in your if you're in the group. So I don't know how that can be manipulated. Or the other solution would be to have me or me and one or two other people decide who the winner is. And then the prizes, the ideas I came up with are like a Guitar Center gift card, a cash prize, or uh, um, promotion on the page, or on the in the group, or both. Um, and... Uh, what other ideas that that was it so what are your thoughts on that like what do you think would uh, how do you think that would be most effective for for the goal which is to get people really sharing their music yeah i mean they're, those are all great ideas right but initially like you said it's just to get people to actually you know want, want to post their stuff and i think we talked about this you know on a previous episode too that you know oh, we're not ready to post our stuff yet or we're not good enough yet or, you know, we need to get, you know, something better before we, you know, just post up what you got, you know? If nothing else, like, you know, think about what we did with Dan's band, right? He sent us a bunch of video and song footage and great ideas and kind of a roadmap of what he was planning out. And we, you know, we took a good look at it, examined it, and gave him some, you know, some constructive criticism and some good real-time feedback, Right, which made him better. Since we're eliminating a lot of the haters out of the group, you know, it should be a, a safe place and a forum to where you can present your stuff and get some feedback on it. You know, right? Uh, it could be a competition as well. Yeah, you know, but it could also be something like you said that's just more like, hey, here's you know, check out my band, and then you'll get some feedback on. It. Oh, great, loved it, man. Great guitar soul, this and that, or this sounds a little out of tune. You might want to check that, but right. other than that, killer. So, you know, that's sort of camaraderie and community right. you know, I, I would help. I, you know. I like the idea of competition, though, because it, it gives a sense of urgency for people to like, oh, I, I have I only have two more days to to vote or I only have two more days to, to promote the fact that I'm in this contest. So, you know, it gives a deadline. Uh, uh, so um, I think that's more incentive for people to to share and then like to, to post their stuff and to, then to share it with people and get people excited about it. So that's, that's kind of why, cause I've done it before where I just picked like a, you know, featured video of the day. I've done that and I did it for a while and it was okay. You know, it, it, it didn't get, it didn't get a lot of other people that didn't know the band to listen to their, to the band, to watch the video, to comment on it, to like it, to share it. So I want to give people a reason to do that. You know, I want people to actually listen to other bands and and support each other because that's really what I want this this group should be about. And it really is about with 12,000 people, most of them um, support each other. So I want them to they support each other with ideas and, and, you know, and questions and whatnot. But I want them to support each other with their music as well, because, um, you know, we're all in this together and it's it's really not in the end a competition. Um, but it's it's. Um, it's something that we all kind of enjoy and do. And I would like, uh, you know, for me, I love listening to other bands. I love discovering great singers and great guitar players and whatnot. Uh, and I think there are a lot of people out there like me, a lot of musicians anyway. Yeah. And I think there's a definitely a competitive nature to everyone. Sure. You know, sure. To, to break it out with the bands is a great idea too. You know, to put it up and, 
and, and see what the feedback is. Yeah, Alec likes the idea. He said people are chomping at the bit to post their stuff. This would be huge. And I think that's true. And, uh, and I want to segue that into the website, too, because I, I want to incorporate that into the website once it's done. And again, you know, I'm... I'm working on this by myself. I had somebody who was kind of helping me and he just completely disappeared. So I'm back to doing it by myself. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, um, so it's a slow go, but um, I'm considering uh, one of the th features that I want to have on the website is a forum where much like the group, people can go and ask questions and discuss am things amongst each other. But the, the issue that I'm having, the biggest issue that I'm having with this, with the group, is that there's people that are coming in that are negative and that are just kind of trolling and cussing each other out and, and being just counterproductive. Um, so I'm considering this. Uh, and let me know what you think. And I want anybody else that's listening to let me know what they think, what they think about this. When I launched this website, I want it to be subscription-based. I want people to pay a fee for it and a nominal fee like five bucks a month maybe um and uh the reason for that is because i want people that are serious about what they do to to be a part of this um so you know your trolls and and your your haters and stuff they're not going to pay a subscription to go in there and just be an asshole um you know so i want pe people that are I hate to say quality people, but people that are just have the, 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 the drive and the love for music and, and whether it's a weekend warrior thing or a serious, you know, full-time job thing, I want people that are really serious about, uh, you know, what they do. And I would offer, what I would do is I would start, I would offer the people that are in the group now, the ability to join for free, to have like the first six months free or the first year free maybe. And then, um, and I would offer that for like 30 days I'd say, okay, you have a 30 day window to join. You can join for free, have the first year free, um, for only you guys in the group. And then, and once that 30 days is up, anybody who joins after that will have to pay the subscription, which again would be cheap, five bucks a month, maybe. Um, and you know, I wouldn't go, I, I wouldn't go less than that, but I probably wouldn't go much more than that either. Um, so the, the the issue that I've heard when I've presented the idea of people paying for something is that why should I do that when there's all these other free resources out there? But I know what the free resources are out there, and none of them I, I think are worthy of paying for um, because they're just not high quality. I'm going to offer high quality and give it, give it make it worth paying five bucks a month for. Um, so what do you think about that, Tony and anybody else, Alec? You'll definitely weed out like you, to your point, the haters and the people that are just, you know, logging on to troll, so to speak. Um, you know, and the people that are, you know, that do want to be a part of it, you know, we'll pay the five bucks for it. It's not a lot of money, right? You're part of the community. Right. Uh, and I deserve to make sense. I've been working on this for free for over three years. I, every single day. I have not made a dime from this, and I if I start making a little bit of money from this, then I can devote a lot more of my time to it because then I don't have to play five nights a week. And to tell you the truth, dude, I don't want to play five nights a week anymore. It's exhausting. You know, I love to play, but I want to play because I want to play, not because I have to play. 
So sure. I could I could break it down to you know three nights a week, which is still a lot, um, and then have so much more time to devote to Cover Band Central and giving everybody the things that they want. Because I I've heard everybody I've heard what they're asking for, and I could provide it, but I just need more time and more uh, more finances to do it. Um, so only so far you can take it, you know, with no resources, right? It does reach a point, and right. it seems like it's getting to that point where. You know, it's time to you got to get some funding, right? So I, I even considered with the contest having there be an entry fee for that, but I think the first time I do it, I'm going to do it for free. So you got to give stuff for free if you want to make money. Um, and you definitely want to start it somewhere, and you know, and get people engaged and have them start. You know, and then uh, you know, submitting submitting their stuff, and like you said, get the contest and the competitions going. Right. So that's what I had to say about that. If anybody has any feedback on that, please let us know through uh, Spreaker here or through uh, Coverman Central page on Facebook or the group. Make sure you join the group. The group is exploding. It's crazy. Um, and so much cool stuff going on. And guess what, dude? That's it. Coverman Central Wisdom Hour number 18 is a wrap. Thank you, Tony, for all that great information. I hope everybody listens to it. And we will see you again next Tuesday night. Or whenever you listen. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.